Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper. Hey everybody, you're listening to the MMO Movie Markout Radio Podcast Show. I'm Popcorn Pete, along with my partner in crime, Vinny the Vault. Vinny the Vault, and we are going to go down a nice little road. Well, it's a, it's a road at least. I don't it's, know how nice it's going to be. It's <laughs> definitely an interesting one. Yes, it is. Very interesting road. We, uh, today we're going to talk about one of our favorite directors of all Quint- time. Quentin Tarantino. Yes. And, uh, well, let's, uh, let's do a little history lesson here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, very, very talented director, uh, came up with numerous screenplays, but he was just like a, just like yes, just like you and just like me. Typical nerd, you know, movie mark, and he used to work at a video store. Yeah. And, yep. you know, in his spare time, do some writings, and in my opinion, is one of the greatest directors around today, and he's only made nine movies. True, true. That's and it's amazing that it's it's only gone that far, right? Um, I heard there was rumors like he, he wanted to do like so many movies and then just back away from the whole thing. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that too. I don't know if that's it's completely true it or what, right. but uh, yeah, I mean, in everything that he's had come out mm-hmm. has to me been gold. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we're probably going to argue about a few things, but you know. That's our show, mm-hmm. and uh, we're uh, we're like an old married couple, you know that? True, true, true. Yeah, okay. and you know, it's like one of us is always right and one of us is always wrong. See, I knew it. I knew you were gonna what? pull that out of your ass because you're you're always like, and I was right and you were wrong. You know, if you take the retainer out, you can talk normal. Okay, hold on. There you go. Because I'm right and you're wrong. You're not yet. <laughs> Does that sound better? Yeah, sounds okay. a lot better. Yeah. Now I can understand you. Well, I got my retainer in. Oh, I mean, hey, sometimes it sounds like you got a dick in your mouth, but oh, you know. you'd know a lot about that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I talk to a lot of people with dicks in their mouths. Like Dick, <laughs> like Dick, yes, Dick. And uh, you know something? Doesn't Dick have his own theme music? Yes, because yes. he's a movie star. Yes, he is. A, he is. A, he is a huge movie star. Huge movie star. Huge movie star. And I don't think anybody's seen anything he's been in, but he is a huge movie star. Huge. And how does that theme song go? It goes. Da, 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 da. I'm limited. And uh, that sums but, it up. Yeah, that sums it up. He's limited. <laughs> but he's a great actor. Great oh, limited actor. Oh, oh, great limited actor. He was so good. He he he's been in tons of things. 
None of which you can mention on this on this podcast. Hmm. Do you think we have enough to uh, do a show on him? We pr- we probably do, but the show would be the shortest one in history. Yeah. You know, it'd be like we're going to talk about Dick today. And it's kind thank of, you for tuning in. Yeah. That was. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was be, about it. Be real short, like yeah. in and out. Yes, just like the Cheetos. Yes, yes. in and out. All right, so <laughs> back to back to Quentin. Okay, back to Quentin. Okay, his first commercial hit. Yeah. Was Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, absolutely. And from there, it, his career as a director, as uh, a marketable screenwriter, just exploded okay. from there. Here's where the fight comes in. Okay. Okay. Now, Quentin, like you said, his first real movie... Yes. ...was Reservoir Dogs. No, I didn't say real movie. I said commercial hit. Commercial hit. Still play. Well, he so, did a movie before that, before commer- before Reservoir yes, Dogs. we're going to bring that up. Okay. But the thing is, and this is this is where the argument's going to come in. All right, all right, all right. Uh, see, you're already arguing. Um, uh, Do you want me to bring it up? Go ahead, bring it up. Come on, let's go. Come on, <laughs> come on, come on. He did two screenplays. Yes. Sold them to companies. Yes. He did uh, Natural Born Killers. Yes. And then he did uh, True Romance. Yes. Now, what I heard, and maybe you've heard different, I don't know, but this is what I heard, that he took the money from both of those movies and he made Reservoir Dogs on his own. Well, that could that could be that could be, but um, the 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 timeline doesn't really work out because okay. Reservoir Dogs was in '92. Yep. All right. Um, and if I remember correctly, um, oh, what year was it? Oh, now now see, I'm taxing my memory. Natural Born Killers was in '94. Okay. True Romance was in '93. Uh, what another thing that I do not understand? Okay, is you know he sold the, the script to Oliver Stone. Yeah, and Oliver Stone directed it. How come Quentin Tarantino didn't direct it? Because he didn't want to. I mean, because that. I mean, well, if you if your if your argument is correct, mm-hmm. right? He sold the script to make Reservoir Dogs. Right, right, right. So why would he wa- why would he sell the script if he wanted to make it? Because I heard that he was bitching about how bad the movie was. What Natural Born Killers? Yeah, he didn't like it. It was it was kind of like his um his shining. Okay. He he hated the way it was done. He did not agree with it and he was just like it was the shits. Yeah, but all, most writers are like that. Most writers sell their books or their screen replays or whatever for the money. Yeah, once so they sell, once they sell it, they have it. no control over it right, right. unless you have the backing of, like, say, Stephen King, right. who now he sells the script. He's got some say in what happens to during the movie right. or the the television series or whatever. He's got some say. Most of these people, when they first start selling their product, uh-huh. they have no backing. Right. You know, they know Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino at the very beginning could not pull off what he can pull off now. Oh no. Definitely not. So, you know, selling it was just to get money so he could make the other film. Right. Um, now, did you... What was your opinion of, on Natural Born Killers? Of Natural Born Killers? I thought it was a great commentary on the way um, media inflated right. information for the news. Uh, great cast. Oh, yeah. Great cast, but uh, like a lot of people 
didn't understand it. A lot of people got lost in the mix. And uh, it, it was just one of those weird movies like you know you'd be showing different scenes and oh yeah I mean it was crazy the, well the thing is is a lot of people a lot of people also couldn't accept some of the casting you know Rodney Dangerfield as the the pedophile incestuous father <laughs> that was kind of gross you know so you know you get you you're pushing buttons here right right that nobody really wanted pushed you know who knows what that would have happened if they had a different actor and that's in that role mm, true you know who do you think of? Who would you have picked? I I don't know. I don't even know if I would have picked Rodney. It, it, Rodney, I, but I don't know if I would have picked even a, a well-known actor mm-hmm. because it's it was such a throwaway role. Right. But, um, you could have had you could have had an unknown person mm-hmm. play that part, and that would have been the end of it. Right. Did Quentin have his name removed from that, or is it still in there? I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time. I I think it's uh, I think it's still in there. Okay, but you know how some screenplays are, and they sit there and say, "Oh, take my name off, take my name off." Right, but uh, but we're talking about people who have the have the pull to do that. Right. At the beginning, he wasn't that didn't bit. have that bit. He didn't have a big pull like that. Right. Because he wasn't. I mean, you got to remember that he got the um, the okay to do uh, from dusk till dawn mm-hmm. with um, Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Um, because of what happened with Pulp Fiction, but Pulp Fiction didn't get made because only got made because of Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Right. So you know it, you can't you can't jump into one movie and say, well, this is the pinnacle. It's like, well, you know, you can't really say that because that would never have been made if these two here hadn't been made first, and if these two were shit, right. that movie would never have been made. Okay. Let's go on to um, True Romance. Okay, True Romance. I thought that was very well done. Yes, I did too. Great I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, once again, incredible cast. Oh, yeah, no, no. I think think True Romance is a lot... Well, for me, it's a lost classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think enough people have seen it. I don't think enough people have watched it, have, have participated in, you know getting that that experience because I think it's a great it's a great Bonnie and Clyde a modern, kind, day, modern, modern day. day Bonnie and Clyde kind of story but um you know great cast oh yeah all around all oh around. yeah and the Christopher Walken Dennis Hopper scene not going into details but it was just like the dialogue that he uses mm-hmm. pulls you in oh yeah and uh, that that's something that I really didn't appreciate back then because mm-hmm. uh, you know I, first time I saw Pulp Fiction right I saw it in the theater okay I wasn't impressed okay I was not impressed at all but then I went back because there were these two movie theaters in the town that I live in okay competing with one another all right yeah one of them had dollar night <laughs> so you'd go up to the theater you'd pay more for the movie ticket, I mean the uh, the popcorn. Yeah. Than you would for the movie ticket. Yeah. So, hey, Pulp Fiction's playing for a buck. Why not? Yeah. Went to go see it. You bet your ass I was there the next <laughs> night. I saw it again. Fell in love with it. I, I listened to the uh, dialogue more, and I was I was hooked. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is fucking great. And before I was like, oh, this yeah, it's all right. 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen Pulp Fiction in the theater um, seven times, mm-hmm. and the last time I saw it, I was on a date, and we ended up we ended up walking out because she didn't like the film, not because I needed to, but I needed to leave. But I'd already seen it six six times before. Right. So you know the ending. Yeah. So I knew the ending. But the thing is, I mean, you weren't the only one who walked out. Oh no, a lot of people walked out because of the controversial scene with um. Ah, what the heck's his name? Just tell me the scene. Forget about who's in it. Marcellus Wallace. That's okay. Yeah. That's the character. Yeah. Uh, Zed. Oh, oh, that's the 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 S and M. Yeah, we don't want to get the gimp spoilers. The gimp. The Gimp, yes. Yeah, the Gimp. Yeah. So you weren't the only one to walk out. But back <laughs> back to Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. I mean, not Reservoir Dogs. True, uh, true, true romance. romance. That was uh, very well done by a well-known movie director, Tony Scott, mm-hmm. who was brothers with Ridley Scott. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, he took his own life, but uh, very, very well done movie. Mm-hmm. I think Quentin was happy with that one, that outcome. Pro- probably, probably, but now let's talk about. Let's not skip over Reservoir Dogs. Yes, let's go into Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, um, one of the best movies I think of a gang, right? And it's all from that one perspective. Mm-hmm. It's from the gang perspective, nothing else. And that's pretty much it. You see things happening with different members, mm-hmm. but only with the gang. Right. And what I liked, and what I thought was genius, is he like the the uh, the lead mobster guy mm-hmm. was like, "All right, I don't want any of you guys, t- you know, giving your full name." Oh, oh, with the all the all the colors, yeah. yeah the Mister Pink, Mister Brown, Mister White, Mister Orange, Mister Blonde, yeah, Mister Blonde. Is Blonde a color? It is now. Well, that's what he's called, Mr. Blonde. Yeah, like some Russians are uh, a flavor. A flavor. Yep. Thanks, Dick. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Reservoir Dogs, I mean, simple plot. Yeah. But great acting. Yeah. No, no, no. It it, it is one of the more simpler plots. It's, uh, you get get the gang together, you're going to rob the place, and everything fucks up. Yeah. And perfect. Once it's... and the thing is, is once it starts, it never stops. Right. It just keeps going and going. And then when you reach these points of, it can't get any worse. It does. It does get worse. And just uh, some of the scenes. I mean, you know, with uh, Mr. Blonde mm-hmm. doing the, stuck in the middle with you. Yes. That scene there. Yeah. Phenomenal. There's something else Quentin uh, is able to do. He's able to interject music into these movies that in some cases hasn't been on the on the pop chops in decades right you brought or, it back. or they, they never got onto the pop chops mm-hmm. he brings it back puts it in these movies and it becomes hits and all of a sudden it's on the charts he's got a way of just like combining music with the movies and gets you interested in the dialogue and everything he does He's almost like the perfect director. Yeah, and he knows exactly what he wants from a- from actors. Knows exactly how to to motivate them. Yep. And it, it's phenomenal. I mean, look what he did for Travolta's career. Travolta was basically all done, all done until he did Pulp Fiction. Brought him back. And then from there on, his career took off again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Travolta has made a huge comeback, 
made huge blockbusters, and he oh, yeah, owns it all to Quentin. Yeah, oh yeah, he made great some of the some really good good great films. Oh yeah, you know, Battlefield Earth is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Anybody else agree? <laughs> <laughs> No, but that was that was John's. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, but that, but, but, he wouldn't have had a career. Mm-hmm. His career would have been over. Oh, yeah. By that point, was he going to make the, another one of those uh, "Look Who's Talking" movies? Well, that was really the only thing he was doing at that time. Yeah, but then, then but when that, they started having the dogs talk, it's like okay. Yeah. So I mean, basically, his career would have been over by '94. Right. And also, he catapulted Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Jackson was already on his climb, but that movie, like, shot him into the stratosphere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I remember Samuel L. Jackson in Coming to America, mm-hmm. where he just played the guy that robbed the place. Well, wasn't Samuel L. Jackson in... Um, He's been in a lot. Spike Lee's movie, uh, Jungle Love, Jungle... Jungle Love, yeah. Jungle Love, yes. I think that was one of his first roles, was in is in Jungle Love, but... That's uh, that's something for another show. Right. Um, one of the cool things, because I know you're not into superhero movies. Not really. Um, when they kill off um, Samuel Jackson's character in, um, I think it's uh, Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier. Wait a second. Wasn't he the Black Snake Plissken kind of with the patch? Yeah. Okay. And Nick Fury. Yeah. When they kill off, when they kill off his character, um, there's a scene where. Captain America and uh, I believe the Winter Soldier, because this is the end of the movie, they're standing over Nick Fury's gravestone, mm-hmm. right? And Nick Fury walks up behind them because obviously his his death was faked, you know, obviously. Okay. But the inscription on the tombstone, spoilers, the inscription on the tombstone was the Ezekiel 25. Line, uh, yeah. Only the path of the righteous man is on the, is on the tombstone. Which is a nod to Tarantino. Get out of here, really? Yeah, yep. Well, when, the thing is, is when... Um, oh, I can't remember uh, which movie it was, but when Nick Fury evaporates when they do the uh, the Infinity War mm-hmm. and he uh, disappears, his last words were, Mother... And that's how it ends. Awesome. <laughs> so that was another nod to Tarantino. That's another show we could do. How many motherfuckers has Samuel Jackson ever said? <laughs> but um, did now that scene with the with the the gravestone? Yeah, is is that like at the end of the credits? No, no, no. I, I don't believe Cause, so because they do that. You know how they do. Uh, that yeah, yeah. Marvels turn Marvels actually turned that into like a norm. Yeah, it's like doing extra like, scenes. No, no. You, we have to sit here to the end of the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember back in the eighties, late eighties. I can't remember what year it exactly was, but uh, Young Sherlock Holmes yep. came out, and I remember people, the ushers at the beginning, you know, taking the tickets, letting you go into the theater, yeah. saying, "Wait till you got to stay until the credits are completely done because the movie's not over." Oh, they would—they would actually tell you. They actually told us, so you know, it was like you waited to the very end, and that's when you find out at the end that the villain didn't actually die. Because you know what I thought? I thought you know. It was just an old couple that was sitting there and like, oh, what the hell is this? You know, after. Yeah. And they see another scene because, like, you know, back in the day, everyone would get up as soon as the credits were. So, yeah, because you want to get out of there as, as soon as possible. Yeah. But no, they actually, that would, I mean, they done, from what I've understood from other movies that I've watched over the years, 
you know, that goes back a long way hmm. of doing extra scenes and things like that. Now a lot of movies are doing Yeah, now there, a lot of them are doing it. And some of them just don't do it right. right. Marvel, like I said, has made it almost a staple. <clears throat> I mean, some movies they only do one. Right. Some they do a couple. Uh, some they don't do any. Right. Because, but now because it, this sort of, what are they calling it, phase four, phase five now with their movie hmm. universe, they're... Um, they didn't do any in the last one, so it's kind of like, okay, clean slate now. Yeah, we're moving forward from here. But, but you know what? I mean, <laughs> but you know how some people will st- sit there because they expect to see another scene yes. after the credits. When they don't do it, now people are getting pissed. Oh yes, oh yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is Steve? What's the credits? Nothing. I can give you a perfect example. Well, not that that's what happened, but pissed me off was my son and I went to see uh, Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't expecting extra extra scenes at the end of the credits, so as soon as everybody started filtering out, credits were still rolling. Right. We figured, well, now's the chance. Let's let's go. Mm-hmm. Got up, left, went to watch it when it got uh, downloadable for uh, instant view. Watched it. There's extra scenes. <laughs> were you pissed? Piss me off because I I didn't expect anything. But then I, heard, then I heard somebody say, oh, you forget, if you wait till the very end, they actually connect it to the Godzilla. Yeah. And it's like, what? I mean, <laughs> when did that happen? I started, uh, I started doing that after, you know, seeing a couple of superhero movies. I saw uh, the, the new Halloween movie. Yes. And, it, you know, I'm sitting there, and, you know, watching the credits, and you know, people I'm with are like, are you ready to go? I said, well, let's just sit and see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, See if there's an extra scene with Michael. Right, yeah. Scene. And then right at the very end, before the screen turns black. Yeah. Yeah. You hear Michael breathing. Oh, I thought you were saying that, you know, Michael was actually Darth Vader, and that's why he's keep coming back. Oh, or I was having an asthma attack or something. Well, you know, it could have been, but I wasn't there with you. <laughs> yeah, because I saw you, I saw your face, and I was like, why? What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> Like I owed you money or something. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they've done that with other things too. Um, they've, if you wait till the very end after the credits and everything, they'll have the villain laugh. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's not dead. Yeah. So instead of an audio, uh, a, a visual, visual, they'll give you an audio. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's jump back into this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going a little far off track. Yeah, a little but, bit. So we're back. Back to Pulp Fiction. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Oh, some actually, about let, let's uh, let's. Let's talk about uh, a movie that was going to happen, never came to be. Okay. And it was Quentin's idea, but because you know so many years have gone on, that the you know the characters got old looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's talk about the Vega Brothers. Well, you can't talk about the Vega Brothers until we're done with Pulp Fiction. Okay, but well, because Vincent is introduced here. Right. So until we talk about Vincent, then we can't talk about the Vega Brothers. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you also didn't te- you didn't also didn't say that Mr. Blonde is is uh, Michael Vega. Madison. Michael, what? Mr. Blonde is it's Vega. Vega. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, his last name's Vega, and uh, he was he's, in the movie. He's brothers with Vincent, and uh, which we haven't talked about yet. So okay, all right, go ahead. My bad. Shoot me. Don't, don't tempt me. Don't nah, tempt me. No. I'll have to find another co-host. What about the other guy? What other guy? Maintenance guy or whatever it is. Oh, 
Hey Tool. Hey Tool. Yeah. What about yeah. No, I I talked to him. He said if we ever need him to come on show on the show, he'd be more than happy to. So <laughs> that's got bad written all over it. Yep. Yep. True. True. He's not completely politically correct. Hey Tool. But um. I was just saying hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, back to Pulp Fiction. Okay. Right. Well, you want to talk about Vincent Vega, so let's talk about Vincent Vega. No, he was such a badass in the movie, and then he did the dancing scene, and I don't want to give out any spoilers. Well, if you haven't seen Pulp Fiction by now... You're stupid. The the dance scene in Pulp Fiction was one of the things that Travolta didn't want to do, period. But that's what he's known for. But that's why he didn't want to do it. Because what? Because he thinks every movie he does, he's got to have a dance scene. Well, most of the, most of the scenes that he's done, and most of the movies that he's done, has some kind of a dance scene. Up to that point, that's why he didn't want to do it. He didn't dance in uh, that movie with Christian Slater. Broken Arrow. Yeah, he didn't dance in that. I movie. thought Broken Arrow was after Pulp Fiction. No, it was. But I'm saying he didn't dance in that movie. After. This is after. You're talking about stuff that after. I'm talking about his decision before Pulp oh, okay. Fiction okay. was that he was not. He did not want to do the dancing. Okay. Because so that's what he was known for. So he didn't want to do it. So he didn't want to dance. Okay. All right. One of the best scenes in the movie. Yes, that's what it turned out to be. One of the best scenes in the movie. One of the things that really tore his career up from that point. And I wish it was a Jackrabbit Slims, for real. Tell me we wouldn't have a blast there. I, oh, I, 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 I'd be there every day. Every single fucking day. Vinnie the Vault. Popcorn Pete. Coming live. <laughs> from Jackrabbit Jack Slims. <laughs> they, you know what they need to do? They need to make a Quentin Tarantino town. Oh my God. A theme park. What, you wouldn't go? It'd turn into, it would turn into Westworld. It'd be great. Go to the Jackrabbit Slims restaurant. Okay, so you're going to cut all the violence out of all of his movies out of this town? No, we'll have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, we'll start off a Big Kahuna Burger. Oh, my God. Have a, have a pack of... The, the apple fucking... The, what is it? Big Apple? Red Apple? Red Apple. Red yeah. Apple cigarettes? Yeah. Oh. yeah, you don't smoke. No, I don't smoke. Neither do you now. No, not anymore. No, so okay. But, but the one thing, the one big thing about Pulp Fiction was that what was in the suitcase. Oh, yeah. Now I've I've watched interviews with Quentin. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know. I don't think. He doesn't want to know. He doesn't care to know. Keeps it a mystery. Right. But the whole idea is that it's whatever you want it to be. And people will come up with these theories like... Uh, One was that it was um, his soul. Yeah, and the reason he's got the Band-Aid on the back of his neck... Right. Because that's where they extracted the, the soul, soul from. from. Yeah. Some Somebody said it was gold. It was actually, it was uh, Elvis's gold suit. That was one of the theories I had heard. Who the hell said that? <laughs> it was just one of the theories. Was it the one that uh, Quentin was wearing when he played Elvis? No. It was... Shut that it fucking was, thing off. It was when, um, oh, it was the gold suit from Elvis's uh, album cover. Oh, what was it? Geez. Six million fans can't be wrong, or something like that. This one was. 
that suit was what was supposed to be in the um, in the suitcase. It's just funny how people like make up things. Yeah, because that, because there's no answer to it, and then it becomes like a what's that? What's the thing? It becomes a uh, urban legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, exactly. But that's the um, that's the whole thing. I don't think it, I don't think it was the spirit though, because um, you know when he's sitting there and he's opening the. Uh, the kids, the kids are having the hamburgers. They get the guns pointed at them. Yeah. And then John Travolta opens up the suitcase. He goes, uh, Samuel L. Jackson goes, Vincent. Oh, Vincent. Yes. And he goes, do are we, we have it? Are we happy? Are we good? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, we happy. And he closes it. If you were closing a suitcase, would you, and, you know, oh, yeah, we're happy. Would you think that somebody's spirit is crawling around there or would you well, think it's like gold or something well that, I, I think it was something gold yeah. I mean that's even when Tim Roth looks at looks in it at the diner it's like is that what I think it is yeah <laughs> you know he doesn't know Masala so how how does he know that it's his spirit yeah see I'm, I'm taking the spirit thing out yeah of yeah it. yeah and so it's gotta be it's gotta be gold of something it's Okay, maybe it is the gold suit, and he's like, oh, how much money can I get for this fucking thing? You're right, yeah, exactly. Or it could be uh, gold. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Remember, he grabbed a gold bar. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a kind of it, a it, to it. It could be, it could be. That I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm going with that. Fuck it. He's like, God damn, that was my gold bar. <laughs> All right, so you so the way you understand it is I think this gold. there was the gold bar from Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, because that came out after Pulp Fiction. I know. I was waiting for you to catch up. You were trying to make me <laughs> fuck up. But yeah, yeah. So, you, so you say it was gold. I think it was well. Then again, gold of some kind. <laughs> yeah, because the briefcase. If there was gold bars in there, would have been heavy as hell. Uh, yeah, all you all you'd be able to carry around the way they carried it around would be one, if that. If that. Yeah. But yeah, so you say it was gold. I I really just leave it. Yeah, I don't I, even. I, I don't care. I don't. I don't care. I don't even think about it. I just leave it be. Elvis is suit. Fuck that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> next. Well, from there we jump into well, what, from there we jump into Natural Bone Killers, which we already talked about. Yeah, which is what what he he wrote. Um, the next one that he actually wrote was a comedy for uh, Four Rooms. Okay. It was Four Four Rooms? No. The, the, the title of this, the, it was Four Rooms. Yes. And he wrote, he wrote, I believe he wrote the screenplay or he wrote part of the screenplay for that. And, and he actually was in that movie as well. He, he does the same, he does the Alfred Hitchcock thing of showing up in any movie that he's got a part of. Ah, I didn't know that. Well, that's why he shows up in Desperado. Because he was friends with um, Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. So, because of that connection, he shows up in that movie. And he shows up in, um, uh, well, he's got a big part in, uh, from, from Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was awesome. Yeah. That's another one of those great films that actually turns on a dime. It starts out as one kind of movie and, and it turns, turns into, into another. I mean, we got we get from Dust Till Dawn. It starts out as a action, a, well, a bloodfest action film. Yeah, two gangsters trying to escape. Yeah, and then it turns, you know, on the dime, it turns into a horror film. Yeah, I just remember watching it in, in the theater, and then all of a sudden, when that turn came, mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yep. 
I mean, I had the same. I had the same reaction when I first saw Audition, the Japanese horror film, which starts out, which basically starts out at the beginning as a date film. Yeah, and then uh, it turns. Uh, uh, almost, if there was a little, if there was a little comedy in it, you would almost think it was a rom com. A what com? A rom com, a romance comedy. Oh, is that a what rom- it's called? Yes. I don't think that shit. But <laughs> it starts out that way, but on a dime, it turns into a horror film. Right. And at that point, you, it's like, what the fuck am I watching? Right. I don't know. You watch some fucked up shit. Just saying. Yeah, and I've tried to get you to watch some of this, but... You did! Yes. What was yeah. that movie? What was that movie? What was that movie? Tokyo Gore Police. Tokyo Gore Police. Just in case anybody out there listening right now has not seen Tokyo Gore Police, check it out. It's it's considered a classic now, because it's it was the beginning of a whole genre of Japanese over-the-top horror films. It's definitely over-the-top, because that movie's fucked up. You showed me the trailer, and I'm like, what the fuck I, sh- I, I showed you the trailer, and you know, all you looked at me, I, because I asked you, I said, would you like to see the trailer before we watch the film? And you said, yeah, sure, I've never heard of it before, let's watch the trailer. And you lo- you watched the trailer, turned to me, and said, what the fuck do you have us watching? Yeah. We watched it, we got through it. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a horrible movie, I'm not saying that. No, but it, but it was something that we had met. The reason I took, on, took it on to watch for that night was because neither one of us had ever heard of it. Yeah. Well, neither one of us had ever seen it. So it was like, well, now's a chance to see something that we've never been exposed to. Now, wasn't that right up Dick's alley? Yes. He loved it. He loved it. Of course he would. Weirdo. Anyway. Back right. to the movies. Okay. Back to Quentin. Back to Quentin. Back to Quentin. Okay. Now, where he went from Pulp Fiction, he went from, from there to... Uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yes. With which actually Selma Hayek career rocketed right, after that. that. Yeah. So it's like whatever he's what touches. Touches something's Turns gonna to gold. Something's gonna go from there. Whether it's this actor or this actress or this song or this director yep. or, or something like that. It goes from there. He's the perfect director, pretty yeah. much. Um Yeah, that was uh Big role for uh, Hayek. Oh yes, and, uh, and Tom Savini was in that. Yes, Tom Savini was great. But didn't Tarantino write the screenplay for that? I think he. I, I don't remember if he wrote it, but I think he wrote part of it. I think it was his. Well, this is what I remember. I think it was his screenplay, but he had Robert Rodriguez directed for him. Well, it could be. It That's could be. I, I, that, that sounds like it probably would be. Yeah. Because I mean, at that point, he was still—I mean, his, his his rocket was taking off, right. but he was probably still not at the point of, you know, I'm. This is my film, my my script, my thing, my baby. I'm doing it. It was like, well, I've got this script. Check it out. Check it out. And, and Rodriguez probably said, "Yeah, I love it. Let me let me direct this." Yeah. Why don't you play the part of uh, the bro- the brother? Then? Yeah, yeah, and it and it worked out. I mean, and, and again, Clooney. Who was at that point not so much not known, mm-hmm. but he was more known for his television stuff yeah. than his movies, and then from there, took off. Took off. But honestly, I got to say that that's one of George Clooney's best movies ever. Oh yeah, I've seen him in tons of different things, and that by far is, I think, the best. Yeah. 
the, the tattoo that I drew on him and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, looked good. Yeah, yeah. Now, from there, now from 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 dusk till dawn. Dun dun dun. <laughs> uh, we go to Jackie Brown. You know, okay. We're going to go to Jackie Brown. Yeah. I was not a big fan of this. Why? I don't know. I just nah, I didn't get into it. It was, his, it was his homage to... Pam Greer. Well, to Pam Greer, because she's in it, but it's a homage to the, the black exploitation films. Yeah. Did you say Bam Greer? Pam Greer. I thought I heard Bam. Anyway. Get the wax out of your ears. That's the next to that. Sorry, getting old. <laughs> anyway. But, uh... Maybe I'll have Hey, hey come in. No. Why? I'm not going to have Hey Tool. Somebody's got to take your role. Oh, you think he can do better than me? He's probably seen Pam Greer. <laughs> what do you mean? It's probably seen. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Nothing. Anyway. So you didn't like Jackie Brown? No, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Okay. I just, you know, I was just kind of like, meh. You know? Well, I mean, it's not one of his better known films. Right. But I still think it's his, it's his homage to the exploitation films of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Because I think it really does that. It puts um, Pam Grier, Samuel L. Jackson with the in, weird beard. Yeah, in the in those lead roles mm-hmm. that unfortunately are not that they're that black actors are barred from them, but there's just very few. Mm. And I think it put them in the front, made them shine, made them shine, and everybody else in the background, which was fine. But I don't think it was a complete melding, mm-hmm. like some of his. Uh, like, let's just say, like Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs melded and right was perfect. But Jackie Brown was trying to do the same thing, mm-hmm. but it just didn't work. Maybe. I think there was a lot too much going on in the story to bring it all together. Well, there was a scene where it kept repeating itself over and over and mm-hmm. over. You know, from different angles mm-hmm. and whatnot. I, I can respect what he was trying to do, but it was just like, oh, come on. Yeah. It's, it's Sometimes, well, you've seen it in other directors, they try to do something a little bit different on their next film, mm-hmm. and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Um, sometimes it's a curricular. This is true. I mean, that that that's happened before. Yeah. Somebody takes a chance and fans don't like it. And yeah. And and that's the end. That's the end. Unfortunately, some of those some of those directors, some of those actors, just don't bounce back. No, no. And that's the thing. Like a uh, you know a movie or a role in a movie can either make you or break you. Yes, that's that's true, especially in this industry. And sometimes sometimes you can revitalize your your career. You know, like Tavolta. Right, but I mean, what I'm saying is you could. Flop of the movies. Mm-hmm. Still wanted to be an actor. Still doing acting gigs. You end up on TV, and your career takes off from there. Yeah, that happens too. That happens too. But some just can't make that transition. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, I think with the with this movie, to me, it's a really good movie. I I love watching it. Mm. I just don't think it works as well as some of his others. No, it doesn't. And that's, I mean, that's some, my, yeah, and I mean, some of these others have a, a bigger cast, right? Right. Um, I'm just going to throw it out now because we're talking about a bigger cast, and we can talk about it when we finally get to it. Is the Hateful Eight? 
Oh, yeah. That's a huge cast. Huge cast. And it works. But and on the other side, this, I think he learned from this going mm-hmm. forward with other casts. Yeah. No. Um, the next film, which was broken into two parts, um, is by far one of my favorites of his, and that's Kill Bill. Yes. Um, that was his homage to the Japanese movies. Yes, yes. Um, I know for a fact that somewhere down the road, they spliced the two movies together. Because that's the way it was originally done, was one long-ass movie. So Kill Bill 1 and 2 was originally just... Just Kill Bill. No, that, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have worked. Well, somewhere out there, there is a spliced version. You looking for it? <laughs> yeah, of course I'm looking for it. I'd love to... I wa- when I watch this, I watch it back to back. Right. I would love to see one just spliced together. Yeah. I mean, that's how I watched... Um, years ago... They did that to The Godfather. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. One and two. They spliced it together. And they actually have all the flashbacks at the beginning of the movie. And it actually follows the whole thing uh, chronologically from beginning to end. That was long as shit, though. Yeah. But I, I got a chance to watch that. And but you got to be a fan, too. Uh, yeah, you have to be a fan. You have to be a fan because... I mean, even when I watch it now, I watch you know one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually I watch one... The next day I'll watch two. Next, next day I'll day watch, watch three. three. But this one was boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Well, there was no three at that time when this was done. So boom, boom. Yeah. But it was it was phenomenal because there was no flashback. Right. And everything just sort of went flowed okay. and worked and worked well. Nice. But I, th- from what I understand, there is a version of Kill Bill out there that's like that. It, well, obviously, there's there weren't the flashback pieces were part of storytelling so it, was, it didn't tell it that way but it just went from one to two and straight across I got another Tarantino ah, Tarantino movie that boom put together with another film but we'll, we'll talk about that later okay um, but again this was Uma Thurman's second time around with yeah Quentin yeah um, Rumor Mill yeah was that uh, on the set of Pulp Fiction he was banging Uma. Yeah, I heard that. And uh, Ethan Hawke, I guess, found out about it or some shit. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. If, if he did, good for you. <laughs> well, that's a director's prerogative sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've, heard that, I've heard that from when, dire- when movies first started. Directors always sleeping with the stars or, or whatever, straight across the board. So it's like, you know, if it happens now, I'm not surprised. Doesn't phase me in the least. I don't think Hitchcock ever did. He tried. Oh, he tried like he, a motherfucker. Yeah, he tried. But, uh, yeah, no, I think this homage to Japanese, Japanese films, especially Japanese martial art films, mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Because throughout the film, there's all different styles of fighting that the, he uses here and there. It's not just one type. Right. Straight across both films, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, we'll try this over here. Do this over here. We'll do that over there. Yep. And then we come down to the ma- the main event where he the, um, he's killing the eighty eight mm-hmm. in the uh, in the the, the I, I don't even know if they had a room. I just called it the red room the because red it, it was all red and she was in yellow, and then yep. the, they were all in black. 
So and the blood was flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that was and that again. That was like Tokyo Gore Police. It was just you cut the arm off and it's spurting blood all over the place. Oh, it's squirting like crazy. Yeah. So that that's it's the same thing. But uh, all right, before we get any further, let's uh, let's take a break and take a piss, and, and uh, we'll be right back. I'm gonna take a shit. All right, we're back. Right. So, um, we're talking about Kill Bill, mm-hmm. and I think the first movie, the first part of the movie, yeah. is more liked than the second part. More liked than the second? Yeah, because I think people were, they had to wait almost a year for the second half of the movie. They weren't, you know, this was the first time for, for Quint Tarantino's um, movie to be split up like that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that there was, the, the sure, the diehard fans went, mm-hmm. but I think some of the other people, it's like, well, you know, am I going to go to see this movie and there's not going to be an ending to it? Yeah, I can see that. Because I know I because I believe the first film is more liked than the second film. I mean, I like them both because as a whole. A whole yeah. But uh, that happens with movies. Like if if you leave it with the cliffhanger, people are like yeah. Like I saw the first Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And when the well, second one came out, I was like, Pfft. no. Yeah. Well, now if you watch them, it's it's a day event. Right. Because altogether, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of nine hours to was, watch the entire story. I thought it was like around 12, wasn't it? I could be wrong. I thought it was nine, but it could be 12. Okay. It's been so long. I know it's, been a, it's an all-day event. Yeah, it's, it is. and It's an all-day event to watch them back-to-back. Um, <laughs> I can't even imagine trying to watch The Hobbit and then Lord of the Rings mm. back-to-back. There's, there's no way. I think I... I think for one, I would, I would just die <laughs> probably yeah. because I, I I just couldn't do that because I think the first, uh, the Hobbit is around the same length of time. Yeah, I couldn't do it. No, but um, but with Kill Bill, I think it was a chance for David Carradine' yeah. career to take off, but it didn't. Didn't. Um, Look what happened to him. Yeah, true. Auto asphyxiation. Yeah. No. We can't the, the, the one the one thing we have to remember, folks, if you play around with the auto asphyxiation, don't do it in a closet. Thanks for the safety tip. <laughs> well, if something goes wrong, you know nobody's going to find you. Well, we can't blame Quentin for ruining. No, no, no. I'm not blaming Quentin for that at no, all. No, no, no. But I think it, I think this would have been a great jumping off uh, Carradine for a later part of his career. The way it did for Travolta and others, right. I think it would have gone, you know, rather well for him. But it never, it never took off for him afterwards. But the reason I think Quentin put him in the movie to begin with was because of the kung fu. Yeah. That oh yeah. The only reason. Yeah. True. That that had that um, that connection there. Right. But no, that that I agree with you. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, what we're going to talk, what we're going to briefly talk about, briefly, briefly, is three small directorial things that he did. Okay. Okay. One was with ER, which I had no idea that he he uh, he directed an episode of ER. Probably where he met George. Probably, probably. 
Um, he also did two episodes of CSI, the original CSI series. Not Miami or anything? No, 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 just the original okay. CSI. He did two episodes there. Okay. And so then he's getting his feet wet. Yeah, yeah. And in he did a special directorial piece for Sin City. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I figured that was a turn a turn a turnaround mm-hmm. favor from Rodriguez. Because Rodriguez probably wrote a piece for Sin City and he, he asked Tarantino to come in and direct it. Mm-hmm. Right. But I know that he did a, he did a guest piece on that. Nice. So that so it, it's it was a little bit more out of the realm of what he was normally doing because right. Sin City was such a very um, um, dark. Well, not so much dark, but I'm talking about technology. It was very computer generated. Mm-hmm. So there was more of that there than the actual. Physical uh, effects. Okay. So it's a, a little bit on the other side of that. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, now the next one was a companion piece with Rodriguez, mm-hmm. which was the Grindhouse movies. Huh. That's what I wanted to talk about. Okay. You talk about the Kill Bill being all one. Right. This was originally released in the theaters. Right. The uh, Death Proof mm-hmm. and the Planet Terror right. were back-to-back. Right. And in between, they had other directors mm-hmm. film fake trailers. Right. And do you know why they were split up? <sighs> the movies were split into two? No. Because people were walking out. Really? Yes, because it's too fucking long. Because they, they did do that on cable once. Right. But there's no intermission. You were expect you're expecting the audience to sit there for four hours or so. But during one of the uh, in between, like the fake trailers and everything, yeah, they had the dun, 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 yeah. intermission. So 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 that gives you thirty seconds to run to the bathroom, run to get more for more food. Once people are up in a movie theater, most likely they're going. So they ended up splitting them up and putting them onto two different screens. Well, what they could have done is, you know, played that, you know, they, music could, they and, could have an intermission. Then the lights come on. Then they can run, go get their food, take a little break. Yeah. And uh, you know. Yeah, but but the, again, that was the that was the thing. A lot of people had walked out, and they also found out that he'd make more money putting it on two screens. Ah, scumbags. Anyway. But needless to say. Uh, out of the two, mm-hmm. um, I like Death Proof more. Oh yeah, much more. Uh, that that whispers to my gearhead in me. Yeah, I, just, uh, I love Kurt Russell. Yeah, well, I love Kurt Russell too, but I like the car. Yeah, the car is just it just does it for me. Uh, Planet Terror, on the other hand, it was really good, and that's a homage to um, Japanese film. I think it's called. I think it's plainly called Machine Girl. But she's got it on her arm. Yeah. She's got a machine gun on her arm. So, but again, it's a homage to the Japanese films. Right. But that was uh, Rodriguez's Rodriguez's piece. Quentin's was uh, Death Proof. Right. But I I totally love Death Proof. Death Proof. It, rank, it ranks right up there with Vanishing Point. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you, I, I, I know you can't stand the film, but um, Corvette Summer. 
And I liked that movie okay. just for the car. You didn't like Mark Hamill? Nope. Like Amy Potts' ass, though. <laughs> so when she showed up in Ghostbusters, it's like, let's see that ass, let's see that ass, and we never did. Uh, bummer. Yeah, bummer, dude. But yeah, Death Proof just it was a great movie. Yeah, it was. Out it, of the two, it was a better one. Oh yes, it it was. But it was not, a better film. But uh, you know, Planet Terror wasn't shit. It was good. Oh no, not at all. It was it, it was very good. Right. But it just wasn't, it wasn't what it wasn't Tarantino, and it wasn't at the time. I wasn't. It was not what I was looking for. And he even once again with the music, the bar scene with the jukebox. Oh yeah, playing all those great songs. Oh yeah, yep, yep. So. And, and, and he just he just seems to have the pulse of what works and what doesn't. Right. And that, and it goes from there. Yeah. So. Um, now we're going to jump onto a film that I'm not entirely sure how the public took, but I loved it. Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I mean, it wasn't his best. No, well, to me, I thought it was great in the fact that he was doing a period piece, mm-hmm. which he later did again with um, uh, Django Unchained. But uh, in April 8th, but this was World War II, mm-hmm. and he actually ended the war before it got too far. Yes. Um, now one of those what if? Yes. Now that now you've seen the film, you yeah. understand that that's what it was. Huh? It was just a what if that you know this happened, this happened. So many people have torn this movie apart because it's not accurate. And it's like, you've got to be kidding. These are probably the same people that I remember years ago saying that James Bond wasn't realistic enough. And it's like, James Bond isn't supposed to be realistic to begin with. (laughs) People, it's a movie. And not every movie is a reflection of real life. Right. And just because you don't agree with somebody, you don't have to become a keyboard commando. Well, I know this wasn't done this way. And yeah. This is not real. And yeah. this is, this I know that's. I know. It's, I know. At one point, somebody had turned around and said, in a rebuttal of somebody saying that this was inaccurate. Yeah. Somebody turned around and said, "Well, maybe it is. Maybe they only killed one of Hitler's doubles because he had like five or six people that looked like him that went to events. Right. This could have been one of those instances where he didn't feel safe enough to go himself." And they sent a double. Right. But here's the thing. People, and this is true life, have tried to, you know, assassinate Hitler when he was in power. Yeah. It's a known fact. Mm Mm-hmm. And Quentin Tarantino just ran with it. Right. And maybe it was his own version. Maybe, like you said, maybe it really did happen. Yeah. We don't know. We weren't there. Yeah. And, of course, the people that were there were probably dead by now, so... It really doesn't matter. Well, they're a keyboard commando, and, yep. you know, they have to put in their two cents. I was there. I saw it. He only had two bullets. That was the end of it. I was holding Hitler's hand when it happened. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But now that now with that, not that he needed the bull, the, uh, the, the jumping board, but Brad Pitt. Yeah. Jumped into that role, and I think it worked wonderful for him. Mm-hmm. And then he came back with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
Yes, which I have not seen. No, I haven't either. And we won't. And I mean, we'll only briefly discuss it here, yeah. but when we get to it. But um, no, that's a, that's another one I, I haven't seen. I'm dying to see it. Yeah, I am too. But um, I heard the plot wasn't like you know everybody thinks it's uh, going to be a Charlie Manson movie. Yeah, and it's not. No, it's not. It's not. That, I I heard that before. I heard that that's what the focus was on the movie. Then I heard from uh, I heard from somebody who had actually seen it, and they said, "Not even close, yeah. not even close." They only briefly show show it or talk about that story. So, mm-hmm. but the um, with Inglorious Bastards, they were able to blend a lot of the history, the real history right. of World War II, into this fabricated story, which was, I think. It worked. I thought it was ingenious the way it came off. Um, and I love all of the the play mm-hmm. with uh, language. Yep. Because they had the German speaking German. Yep. They had the Italian speaking Italian. And the Americans chopping up all the languages. Yeah. Which was great. Brad Pitt played that off so well. Trying to pretend... Be, be an American, trying to pretend to be an Italian... And speak Italian, no, does not work. Right. And he played it off beautifully. Yeah. He did. Um, he did. So, from there, you have anything else to say? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from there we jump into his two westerns. We have Django Unchained Very and then The Hateful Eight. Yes. Okay. Now, Django Unchained is a phenomenally strong movie. Yes. Um, it was bashed a lot for, and we're gonna say we're only gonna say this once for the use of the word nigga. It was only it was used repeatedly, but it was the time frame. Of the story, so if you did this movie and did not use the word, people would have been up in arms saying that it wasn't accurate. Right. And, and you got what's his face on this? Samuel L. Jackson. So if he can't say motherfucker or the N word, he was he was in Django. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I must not have been a, a huge piece. I no, don't want. Okay, that's probably why he I just. Yeah, he wasn't top billing. But yeah, he was in it. And the thing is, is I mean, if, if anybody, it, it, I mean, Jimmy Fox would have said something, since mm-hmm. he was starring in it. Right. If he had a problem with the the language of the dialogue, I'm sure he would have said something. But I mean, anybody who goes to see a Quentin Tarantino movie has got to expect that word. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that oh, it's a period piece. Right. So if you change the dialogue and not use it, right, then it's like you're not. Telling, not to say that it's a true story. Right. I'm saying you're not telling it how it was at that time. Yeah, because back in the day, everybody used that word. Yes, and not and not only the the slave owners or the slave um, drivers or anything like that, but normal people mm-hmm. used it. So I'm not, and I'm not condoning it or anything like no, that. No, I'm no. just saying that it's the it's the period piece. It's the period. Right. If you don't keep it accurate. Then people aren't going to accept it. But if you didn't use that word, a lot of people would be like, "Well, that's not accurate." Yeah, 
Yeah, well, why, why? That's like if you turned around and did a seven a movie about the seventies mm-hmm. and called the black characters African Americans. Wouldn't work. Wouldn't work because that's not the term that they were known by, or the term that was used to describe them in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So if you did it, if you did that, people would be up in arms. But I mean, even even in the speaking of the seventies. There was a movie that came out, and it was made for TV, and uh, I believe they used the N-word in that movie. Roots. Yeah, well, yeah, the miniseries for Roots. That's what I was, I was just about to say when okay. you said that. Yeah. Um, they used that word. They used they? that word in a ton of others throughout the series. And nobody said shit. Nope, not at all. But the thing is now, I don't even know if you... Well, I've seen it. In fact, I've seen them... On different channels, bleep out different words. Mm-hmm. Yet, it's television, and it was broadcast that way. Right now, it's being years later. Well, uh, all in the family. I saw it. They were actually ble- not bleeping words out, but they were just, you know, how they do it now, the like white noise or just dead air. Yeah, and they just blocked the words out. It's like. You broadcasted this live, live, or you know whatever back in the day. Back in the day, why can't you do that now? Because everyone's up in arms. Yeah, because everybody's a pussy now about language. Oh, you can't say pussy anymore. No, no, you can't say bitch anymore. Yeah, fuck that. How's that? See, you know, you're not gonna get to say fuck anymore because that's the way it's gonna be. Fuck that. You're gonna be in jail. Ooh, ooh. You what? better, you better be careful because. Hey Tool will take your place. Fuck him. No, no offense, Hey Tool. Um, I didn't realize you were into that stuff. I would have. I would have let you guys hang out more. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, that's uh, whatever happened to freedom of speech. Well, you can only have freedom of speech as long as it doesn't offend anybody. <laughs> Everybody is so up in arms. I saw I saw a cartoon one day that's that uh, it was a father talking to a son, and he he's looking at him. He goes, "Now, son, you know how to get things the way you want, right?" He goes, "Yeah, I just say I'm offended by it," which is pretty much true. Mm-hmm. Um, remember back in the day for a cartoon, Sim- yeah. Simpsons when oh, yeah. they were on Tracy Ullman show. Yeah, Homer would always strangle Bart. Yeah, always. Can't do that shit now. No, child abuse. Child abuse. Yet it's a cartoon. Yeah, uh, I can understand that if it was a live action show. Looney Tunes wouldn't make it today. I've seen some of the new Looney Tunes that they've that they've done. It's so washed down. Uh, it's horrendous. I'm I'm happy I'm happy that I've got the versions that I've got. That's like uh, when they uh, gave Tom and Jerry a voice. <sighs> Killed the magic. Same thing with Pink Panther. Yeah. What the fuck? Why? Because people, people don't have an imagination. People don't care. They only care about themselves. And everybody wants to be seen as a... Saint. As, as a saint, basically. Because it's like, um, that you should be offended by that. But I know how you should be feeling, so I'll say something. I'm sorry, Mr. Wiley Coyote. We're going to have to let you go. Yeah. Because uh, you can't be chasing the roadrunner around anymore. Yep, yep. Because it was all a lie. Because the coyote, a coyote can actually run... Faster than a roadrunner. Oh, and turkeys can fly. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, no. wait. I can't say fuck. No, that's right. You can't say that. 
All right. So, but Jang, but Django was a, it was, I think, came out at a time when it had the it, he he Quentin had the pulse of the nation because he knew what buttons were going to be pushed mm-hmm. with this movie, especially with the language that it was gonna it was gonna turn some heads. Oh yeah, and it did. And I think that's why he puts Samuel L. Jackson in every movie. He can get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Samuel can get away with stuff like that, but there, there's some, there's some like. Don't mean to get off topic, but I was flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. Okay. Oh, okay. Over. When I watched Lake Placid and Betty White swore, <laughs> that was like seeing watching my grandmother on a on a homemade movie, sitting there going, "Oh fuck this!" <laughs> it's like, what the fuck. But but the thing is, is it's like what, only Betty White would have been able to get away with that. You put anybody else in right. that kind of a role, people wouldn't have accepted it. But that's like Samuel L. Jackson. You put him in, in you yeah, know, you're safe. You're safe. You know it. <laughs> Thank you for swearing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one of the things that Django uh, brought to the table, and it pushed it in front of everybody. Yeah. It's like this, this is, is what's going to happen. And this is the way it was, and yep. you don't like it. Yeah, it, if you don't like it, that's tough. Yeah. Because this is how it was. Right. It, it's not like he's lying. No, no, not at all. But he's, he's telling the story. Right. And, yeah, they used words like that. Yeah, of course. Everybody did. Exactly. Now everyone's offended. Well, the thing is, is now, which that story was a lot, a lot about, was slavery. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't want to accept the fact that America had, America had slaves, hmm. and and abided by it. Yeah. A lot of people are sitting, oh no, that never happened. Or if it did, uh, it, it didn't happen to the extreme, you know. But let's just forget about it and move on. It's like no, that part of our history, I feel bad about it. We all should feel bad about it. I don't think anybody but, liked it. Well, then no. again, yeah, some KKK. Yeah, but I'm not saying that, that. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about liking it. We have to accept the fact that this happened. Yeah, a lot of people just don't want to face it. Right, they don't want to face it. They don't want to accept it. So the way I look at it is that you know, for good or bad, it's it's there, and we have to we have to tell our kids. This is what happened. Yeah. And a lot of parents don't want to even accept that. Right. So, but now from... Let's get off this. <laughs> now, we jump from Hateful Eight on to... Oh, no, on to Hateful Eight. On to Hateful Eight. Yes. yes. Which, to me, is somewhat of another version of Jackie Brown. And Samuel's in it. Yep. And he drives he and more. <laughs> but it's like... Uh, bounty hunters, and um, y- y- you know it's it's yep. the bail bondsmen, all that kind of crap, yeah. all rolled into an old western. Yeah. So, but this works a whole lot better than Jackie did. Very well told too. Yes. And uh, just some of the shit that comes out of their mouths, it's like wow. Yeah, it, but that's why I mean it's it came out two or three years after Django. Mm-hmm. But it still had the same qualities, right? Especially with the language. And when it first came out, 
It was on that big, huge screen. Yes, the IMAX. That, yeah. Yeah. Never got the chance to see it in IMAX. No, and neither, neither did I. I would love to have. I got to see it in the theater, and I was I was blown away by it. Oh, you saw it in the theater? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. One of the, la- one of the last films I saw in the theater. One of the last ones. Yeah, I haven't been to the theater in years. Really? Yeah. Well, how's Joker? Oh, I forgot I went to see Joker. <laughs> Sorry. How was, De- how was Departed? It was good. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Yeah. All right. Such an original film, huh? You're never going to let that go, <laughs> I It depends on how the show goes. <laughs> I wasn't saying anything wrong. I was correcting you. You went to the movies to see Joker because you saw it with me. I forgot. All right. All right. I'm old. I don't have that many friends. You went to the theater with Popcorn Pete. Yes. And what was the big discussion that we were having before I walked into the door? You were thinking Popcorn Pete is not going to make it without buying popcorn. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> I, don't know what you, I don't know what you were going with we were this. We were discussing that in the car. Yeah. We were t- discussing whether or not to get popcorn. And we both decided no. Right. When you dropped me off at the front before we, you went to get a parking space, I stood there waiting to, for you to come back. And, and all I could smell was the popcorn. And I'm sitting there going, he's not going to make it. <laughs> he's got to come around the corner. And the first thing he's got... he I honestly thought that you were going to buy the popcorn and forget about the movie. Just buy a couple of things of popcorn and then go sit in the car. I've done that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you nailed it. Yep. Okay. The Hateful Eight. Yes. So, the big thing about The Hateful Eight was that Tarantino will never be able to use authentic antiques anymore in his films. I didn't hear about this. What happened? Oh, you didn't know You didn't know about this? No. What the, happened? Gu- the guitar that they're playing with? Yeah. You know that they're strumming, and then he takes and smashes against the the um, the post or the wall or whatever. Don't tell me that was Elvis's. No, it was a real eighteen mid eighteen hundreds guitar. It was worth it? like five hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they used it. At, they were using it just to make sure it was authentic, and he was just supposed to play it, and then he was supposed to take it and take it from her. Well. Russell was really into the pie, so he took it and smashed it against the wall, not realizing that it was the real thing. Oh, shit, I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. I think it was like $50,000, and it was a museum piece. Oh, fuck. So, <laughs> you can you can kind of see that that money came right out of the budget's bottom line, <laughs> and chances are Quentin was never, will never be able to use another piece again. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt, this is coming out of your pay. <laughs> wow. That was a great scene too. Yeah, yeah, it was. <coughs> but that's nuts. Yeah, needless to say, it's it, and is that a fact or is that? Just oh yeah, no, that's a fact. Okay. Oh, that's a fact. Because you know the rumor mill. Oh, you y- you hear rumors about everything nowadays. Yeah. Um, that's one of the pr- one one of the things that I don't like about the technology now, that we're picking apart movies before they're seen. Before they even made, people are picking apart movies and what actors are being picked for the roles. It's like, can you just leave some Things mystery alone. to it? Mm-hmm. You know, great. I know Jack Nicholson's going to be doing this role, 
But let's not talk about it. Okay, I know he's going to be in the movie. Let's leave it at that. Um, the technology nowadays, everybody has to have a say yep. in it before it's even released. And what do we always say in this show? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's, Everybody's got, got one. one. And the only ones that matter here are Oz. That's it. If you don't like it, click. Yep. Nope. That's uh, we have no problem with that. No problem at all. I'm not going to change who I am just to please you. No. That's why we don't. That's why we don't have sponsors, because we're not beholden, beholden, beholden to anybody. Beholden. Is that a word? Yes. It, it is. is now. It is. Um, to anyone for any of our opinions. And we're not. We're not ass kisses. I wish you'd do, stop doing that back, bend backwards like that when you do that. You know, just just make it up a sound or something. Okay. You have to you have to always prove that you're double jointed and you can kiss your own ass. I don't like it. Uh, you just wish you can. Uh, next time you try to kiss my ass, I'm just gonna fight. All right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but the one of the great things I think about Hateful Eight is that it's limited on the set. It's just one, one room, room. Yep. And everything happens in that room and there's that's a, it. There's a little bit of traveling. And yeah, there's a little bit outside, there's a little bit in the basement, but for the for the most part, I'd say about ninety five percent of it is all in the one room. And I love movies that can pull that off. Yeah. And I think Hateful Hate Hateful Eight does that. Yeah. Definitely. Great movie. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a highly recommendable movie, even if you don't like westerns. Right. I mean, definitely if you like if you like westerns, it should be right right, right up there on the yeah. list. Watch. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't like westerns, it's it's one of those that you should at least give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, the last movie on our list we haven't seen. We haven't seen, but we will talk a little bit about it, and that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um. Supposed to be taking place during 1969, I believe it is. Somewhere um, around there. Well, well, it has to be around there because um, that's when the whole Manson thing. Manson uh, thing happened, and that and that's part of the story right. that they're telling here. But the, from what you said, it was a very little part. Yes. Well, the th the the story revolves around a stunt actor mm -hmm. yes. who ends up being friends with Charlie. And spend some time on the ranch, but this is true. This, th this, this is, is true. Yeah, this is true. but that's not the focus of the movie. The focus is on the stuntman. On the stuntman and his double, I guess, or yeah. his friend. Um, and it's on. It's basically focused on them and their travels within Hollywood at that time. Right. That's why they have the run-in with Bruce uh, Bruce Lee. That's right. Which, from all that I've heard was totally fabricated um, nothing because I haven't seen it like I said right. but I've heard supposedly in the scene this stuntman kicks Bruce Lee's ass huh. I'm sorry even though I haven't seen it and I doubt and it I, I'm, a, I'm a big Bruce Lee fan I don't think that could happen no I don't think so even if you got him off guard I think Bruce would have been able to roll with it but when I uh, when I heard that Tarantino was doing a movie about Charlie Manson, mm -hmm. I was thinking, oh shit, is he actually gonna show the tape murders? Yeah, because you know Tarantino. I mean, like, oh, he's yeah. all into blood and guts. Yeah, and 
you know, take no prisoners. <laughs> and I'm not. And I wouldn't be surprised if part of the murders, part of the the thing, is discussed because that's what happened in yeah. Hollywood at that time. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the if that stuff is part of the storyline. But I was thinking, you know, if he did film that, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to hold back. No. No, not at all. But I don't, I don't think that was... It was probably mentioned. Definitely mentioned. Yes, and I'm, pro- I'm sure there's a chunk of the storyline that go- follows along that. Right. But I think most of the public got that intention of what it was about, Manson murders, because that's the way the trailers were cut. Right. They were mainly cut... Because I never knew anything about Bruce Lee until I had heard somebody had gone to see it. Right. And they talked about it. And then all of a sudden it started showing up on YouTube, all these different talks and discussions about Lee. So I never knew that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I that's how I kind of put two, two and two, two together, together. And it said, okay, it's just a spectrum of what's going on at the time, and this is part of it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, but I, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see it. It should be coming up soon. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to watch that as soon as I could. Yeah, but I think uh, anything else left to discuss? I, I, I'm I'm kind of all set right at the moment. All right, we can call it quits from here. Sure, that well, sounds good. And uh, well, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been the MMO Movie Markout Radio Show, and I am Popcorn Pete. I'm Vinny the Vault. And, uh, you can find us on Spotify, yep. iTunes, yep. Um, YouTube. YouTube. Yep. I know there's a bunch of other places I can't remember. Cannoli. After every, every time he adds more to it, I, I I just I just get lost in the list. Yeah. So that's uh, Knuckles Cannoli for you. Uh, producer. Our uh, Canadian connection. Uh, you're gonna have to write all those little things down so we have them, or we'll get them from. A tool, a tool, yep. A tool probably has it all on all under control. He has everything under yeah. control. <laughs> all right, so that's it for us. That's it. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the law when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Yeah!